to um, see the different reactions as we go through the books in our own lives. Sometimes we think, oh, the book of Jeremiah, and maybe we don't know much about it or various other books, and maybe the book of Ezekiel is a book that um, you thought, you know, I I don't know a whole lot about it. You may think I I know it had some prophecies in there, and <clears throat> and yet we hope as you go through this that you'll get an understanding, not just for knowledge of the book of Ezekiel, but to see then the application of those truths in our life as we see how it relates to Israel, as we've already mentioned. It should build our faith. And as you go through the book of Ezekiel, and as you've gone through the other books, you'll find, oh, that's where that that scripture is. You've heard it referenced at various times, and then you find the the location. As the book of Lamentations, great is thy faithfulness. We sing the song. We've heard that it comes from the Bible, but then when you see it in the context of that, um, it helps you to to see the greatness of God's mind in a in a little better light. Ezekiel chapter 3, we find a passage that you've probably heard reference to before. And I'll begin reading in verse 16. Now it came to pass at the end of seven days. And let me, let me just stop there. Ezekiel came to the captives by the river Chebar and He sat there, and he remained astonished before them seven days, meaning seven days he sat there and he didn't say a word. To some people, that would be a miracle. To others, that would be heaven, that they didn't have to talk to anyone, didn't say a word. But at the end of that seven days, God came to him, And the word of the Lord came to him, verse 17, saying, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, That same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Yet if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. Again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness, And commits iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Because you did not give him warning, he shall die in his sin, and his righteousness, which he has done, shall not be remembered, but his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the righteous man that the righteous should not sin, And he does not sin, he shall surely live, because he took warning, 
also you have delivered your soul. So here's a passage that is specifically given to Ezekiel, and yet there are applications to us. We are not given the same um, job, so to speak, as Ezekiel. He was to go to those captive of Israel and to speak to them, but we have given, been given the Great Commission. And we have been given the command that we are to take as followers of Jesus Christ the good news and share it with others. So there's some, some principles about being a watchman. He said, I've made you a watchman to the house of Israel. The job of a watchman is very important for individuals, for families, for countries, for a society. And all of those are dependent upon the watchman doing his job properly. If a watchman is sleeping on the job, he's not doing his job properly. If he doesn't tell the truth, he's not doing his job properly. So, we want to look tonight, what are some characteristics as God's watchman? What, what must we be? Number one, we must be alert. The very name watchman um, implies vigilance and perception and watching, alert, being aware of the circumstances and the surroundings. And there's so many areas that we need to be alert. In our own life, the, the traps that Satan may lay for us, um, the areas we may be prone to to draw back our areas of weakness, to be alert. Um, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, he says that we are to be vigilant and sober, alert, serious-minded is, is literally the word for sober there, because your adversary, the devil, as... A roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. So, he says, number one, um, you have somebody that is out to get you. If when you left tonight, the police met you in the parking lot and they called you over and said, we just had someone notify us that you are on their death list and they are out to kill you. You would have a little more alertness as you drove home, as you went home, as you were going about your business. Why? Because somebody is out to get me. Well, Satan is out to get every one of us, and we need to be alert in our own lives, but then we need to be alert in, in what is going around, on around us. We need, we need an alertness. The Bible talks about wise men that understood the times. Do we understand the times that we're living in? What is going on? Do we understand 
What's behind all the things of the surface news thing? What's, what's under, what's underneath all of that? What's behind that? Are we alert to that? And alert to the, um, deceitfulness of Satan. We need to be alert to the needs of others. What are other people's needs? How can we minister? How can we be of help? So a watchman, there's many areas that a watchman needs to be alert. Secondly, a watchman needs to be accurate. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 8 says, If the trumpet give an uncertain sound, what can the people do? Um... The watchman has to give accurate information. When I was about four years old, we had rigged up at our house a gunny sack swing. It's a, you know what gunny sacks are, right? And filled with straw or whatever on this, on this big tree outside the house and my brothers figured it out. If you climb up a ladder, uh, uh, like an eight-foot step ladder, and stand at the top and somebody swings the gunny sack up to you and you catch it, man, then you can really get swinging faster, all right? Well, for some reason, before supper time, we were doing that, and... And then some of us started saying, help, help, just joking, you know, and fooling around. We came in for supper, and my dad said, I don't want any more of this calling for help. We don't know when you need help or when you don't need help, and knock it off. Well, a couple of the older boys were done eating and were excused, and no more than five minutes after they left, we heard, help, help, help. And my dad said, I told them to knock it off, you know, like any of us would. Well, you go out there, my brother fell off the ladder, broke his collarbone, broke his arm, his bone sticking out of his arm. And, and they, thankfully, we lived 12 miles from the Mayo Clinic, all right? And they were able to take him there and... And it was a vivid illustration to me. You don't, you don't call for help. There have been many, many people that have been watchmen, but what they've said has not been accurate. If you remember, in 1988, a guy wrote a book, 88 Reasons Why the Lord Will Come in 1988. How many of you remember that? Okay. In 1989, he wrote another book, 89 Reasons Why the Lord Did Not Come in 88. In 1988, his book sold 4 million copies. That's incredible, isn't it? And, and, and yet it shows he was a watchman, he thought, but it wasn't accurate. And there are many people that are watchmen, but they don't, they don't give accurate. The only way we can be accurate is when we say, thus saith the Lord. This is what God says. 
Because as mankind, there all throughout history, mankind, it looks like this is the way it is, and then we find out later it's not true. All the greatest scientists in the earth at that time thought the earth was flat. And then we found out that the Bible already said the circuit of the earth. The Word of God was right all the way along. And and it is important that we be accurate. The Word of God must be our standard. It must be our basis for authority. And that's why Paul wrote to Timothy, Study the Word of God to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that does not end up ashamed. Oh, I didn't realize that's what God's Word said. No, that he realized this is what God said, and and you stick to it. So a, a watchman must be alert, a watchman must be accurate, and a watchman must be an example. Our actions speak louder than our words. And sad to say, our actions oftentimes speak so loud they can't hear a word that we're saying. That's why Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said, Be thou an example of the believers in word, in deed, in conversation. And this is why it is so important. Um, you remember when Lot came and said, Let's get out of Sodom. They're going to destroy it. To his own family... He seemed as one that mocked because it's like, who are you, Lot? We know your life. And you just said you heard from God? I don't know about that. I had someone share with me an article this week about the culture war that we're in. And I thought it was, it was spot on. It, it mentions um, it was written by David French. I'm, all I know is he, he writes for the, um, I don't even know now what he writes for. National Review, I think it is. But, um, he says the fundamental founding structure of our nation is relatively simple. The federal government is to seek the common good and its first responsibility is to secure the liberty of the citizens. On the other hand, the citizens should seek to influence their nation through the government, and their first responsibility is to exercise their liberty to virtuous ends. So, the government protects our unalienable rights, and at the same time, we are to be a moral and righteous people. And our founding fathers said, what we've given you is a form of government that is only for moral and righteous people. And he said, there are two painful truths here. Secular government is breaking their promise of liberty, and the American church is breaking its promise of virtue. He goes on and he says, even while religious conservatives are right to fight for their liberties... We need to understand that no government or cultural institution is more responsible for the decline of the church than the church itself. All too many Christians look at 
faith, falling Sunday morning attendance and increasing unfaithfulness and lash out at Hollywood, at academia, or at the recent example, drag queen stories hour in libraries. Instead, he said, we should be more focused on lashing in at hypocrisy in the church, at adultery, at abuse, at all the sins besetting our nation's congregation. Drag Queen Story Hour could populate our libraries from coast to coast, and they would do far less damage to American Christianity than the proliferation of abuse, sexual abuse, and physical abuse that takes place in churches. Not one Christian parent has to take his child to see the drag queen at the library. But all too many Christians have had to explain the moral collapse of spiritual leaders to their kids. All too many Christian wives and husbands have had to deal with the devastation of pornography in the home. All too many Christian spouses have had to pick up pieces of infidelity and divorce. What he's going on and saying, he's not justifying the the things in the world, but he's saying we need to be an example. And if we're not a moral and righteous people, it's not going to stand. These liberties will be taken away. And a watchman, it doesn't matter what he says, if his life undoes what is said, then his voice of a watchman is of no use. And, and really, that's, that's where we are in our nation today. So we must be an example. And then, fourthly, we must be committed to Christ. You cannot be, you must be concerned about what Christ thinks beyond anything else. You can't be concerned about what other people think. You know, one of the problems that we have in many churches today is, is we're concerned what people think and, and what will draw people. Well, we must be concerned what God thinks. The watchman must speak God's mind. It doesn't matter. And, and you, re, you read this in Ezekiel. He said to Ezekiel, I want you to go and speak to these rebellious people. And in chapter 2 and verse 6, Do not be afraid of them, nor be afraid of their words, nor be afraid of their looks. I I thought that was interesting, you know. Don't be afraid of them, don't be afraid of their words, and don't be afraid of the dirty looks that they give you and the disdain that they have for you. I mean, wow, you know, here Ezekiel's given this and God's telling him that. But Ezekiel feared God, and he went and did what God wanted him to do. Why? Because he was committed to God. What does he say? There will come days in the last days that they will not endure sound doctrine. And they will desire teachers that will tell them what they want to hear. Now, It's important that we all be students of the Word and that we are committed to Christ, fearing God and not man. And in our commitment to Christ, it is important that we sound the warning, that we warn others. And let me just quickly give four areas that we need to warn. 
Number one, about sin and its consequences. I mean, it is important that we under, that we understand sin has consequences. And that we warn others about this. We live in a day today that the consequences of sin are minimized and tried to erase. And many times what doctors are forced to deal with is undo these consequences of sin in my life. Many times that's what they're asked to do. And, and, and in understanding the wages of sin is death. There is a consequence to sin. It's not just, oh, live and let live. Um, and that he that covers his sin will not prosper. So it's sounding the warning about sin and its consequences. And sometimes it's using our own life as an example. Let me share with you, this is what consequences I have borne in my life as a result of the sin. If someone leads you a personal relationship in your life that, that you have an opportunity to be open with them about some things, that can make a world of difference in their life. But sin has consequences. There is pleasure in sin for a season. But it always ends in death. It always ends in regrets. Secondly, we need to sound the warning about the devil's lies. And we could, we could do a, a long series on the devil's lies. Uh, there are been books written, The Lies That Women Believe, another book, The Lies That Men Believe. And, and we need to sound the warning on these lies. I mean, part of the reason we've shown some of these videos is to expose the falsehoods that are out there and to sound the warning. Satan is a liar. He has been from the beginning. He always will be. He, he mixes a little bit of falsehood with truth. And yet, it's like putting just a little bit of arsenic in a glass of water. A little bit of poison in a cup of, of lemonade. And, and understanding we must speak the truth. And so it is. It's, it's constantly learning. It's constantly having our, our guard up. Is this truth or is this a lie? Is this a true statement or is it a lie? I mean, most of what you hear in the media, you can, if you start out that's a lie, you'll be usually right, alright? But we need to come to where we test everything. He tells us in 1 John, try the spirits to see if they are of God. So it is warning of sin and its consequences. Secondly, of the devil's lie. Thirdly, of coming judgment. It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. Romans fourteen twelve. So then every one of us must give account of himself to God. And as believers, 1 Corinthians 13, we've alluded to it many times, everything will be tried by fire. Our life will be tried by fire. 
It will be put in. Were we building with wood, hay, and stubble, things that would be gone? Or were we building with gold, silver, and precious stone? God sees and God knows everything and God will judge. And again, first of all, we need to apply it to ourselves. But, but people need to understand there is coming a day of judgment. This is why Satan is, is so um, deceitful in saying there is no creator that we came about by evolution or the latest is alien life brought life to us here. And that is becoming more and more popular um, they have to have some reason for the beginning. But if there is no God, there is no lawgiver. If there is no lawgiver, there is no judge. But God is the creator. He is the lawgiver. He is the judge. And he provided salvation. And we all will answer to God. And it is imperative that we... Um, Understand that personally and that we give the warning to others. And then, most importantly, we need to sound the warning about salvation. This is the one message that God wants us to bring to everyone. It doesn't matter if we get them to understand the truth on abortion or understand the truth on on human government. If they don't understand the truth about Jesus Christ, they'll still die and go to hell. And there is, Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, there is no salvation in any other except Jesus Christ. Is that a popular message today? No. But it's still the truth. And... All throughout our history, there have been people committed to that message, to have their heads lopped off, to have their bodies burned to proclaim that message, to have their heads lopped off and used as lampposts in Rome because they proclaimed there is only one Savior, Jesus Christ. And now we're the ones on the stage, and we are the watchmen. And there are people in your life that God wants you to warn of sin and judgment and ultimately of salvation. How shall they hear unless someone tells them? And in understanding um, the warning that is given, I still remember my, my mom's testimony when she was just a young girl. She sent... Many of you don't even know what this is, but she sent film from a camera off to get developed. And when the pictures came back two weeks later, in the pictures was a little card that had Hebrews 2, 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? And that penetrated her heart and she started thinking that that kept going over her head what is this great salvation how will i escape if i what is it that i might be neglecting and god led her to jesus christ but someone took the took the time to warn 
And I'm sure they never found out that a little girl in Warwick, North Dakota, was challenged by that. But they know now in heaven. And to put something in to warn. See, there's, there's no telling what God can do if we give Him something to work with. And, and this ought to be a challenge to every one of us. Why are we left here? Just to wait for God to come? No. He's left us here. I've raised you up to be a watchman, to be alert, to be accurate in what you say, to be an example, to be committed. What does God want me to do? It doesn't matter what people think. And then to sound the warning about sin, about the lies of Satan, about the coming judgment, and gloriously about salvation. And that's our responsibility. I'm not saying you need to run up and down the street. The end is coming, except Jesus. But there are people in your life that God wants to use you as a watchman. And we don't know how much time we have or how much time they have. So it's the question is, what are we going to do this week? To be a faithful watchman. And he said in this passage, if you do not warn them, their blood will be upon your hands. We will answer to God for what kind of watchman we have been. To me, that is a, that is an overwhelming responsibility. And it comes back Again, am I willing to do what God wants me to do? Heavenly Father, I pray that each of us tonight would be fully aware of the responsibility you have given us as watchmen. And Lord, that first of all, we would watch in our own life, that we'd be alert to the lies of Satan, that we would... Watch for hypocrisy in our own lives, and Lord, that we would walk in the ways of you, that our life would be an example, and Lord, that when we do err in our ways, that we would humble ourselves, seek forgiveness, and then get up and go on. And then, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be watchmen to help others to warn others of the coming judgment to the consequences of sin and to the great, great news that whosoever calls upon the name of you will be saved. Lord, I pray that we would be faithful and diligent watchmen for you. I pray that we would do what is right. And, Lord, that we could hear you say, well done, thou good and faithful. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.